Boys and girls and ladies and gentlemen, this is Matt Heath, Pastor Matt Heath, Strong Community Chapel. This is Pastor Glenn of Little Branch United Methodist Church. Hey! This is two guys who happen to be pastors. You may seem, it may seem that I am urgent to get this started. I didn't even give him a count in. Nope. Because... Are we actually on? We're on. Oh, we're live, man. Well, I mean, we're recording, but we're, we're, we're going, man. I mean, we're, we're cutting wax in, this, in the booth, you know? No, um, I have no idea, but go, keep going. You don't, you've never heard that term, cutting wax? Oh, I'm sure I have. It goes back to the old days when they were, made records and everything, and you recorded the first one. Well, you recorded it on a wax blank. And, yeah. Oh, sure. Sorry. That's all right. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah, no, we're, so we were having good conversation, and we weren't getting it on record, and I'm like, you know what, this is ridiculous, so just... Well, we'll come back to it. We'll come, we'll, oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll introduce today's topic. Yes! Today's topic is television shows that we wish we could have back in their original glory. Oh. Not a reboot. No, 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 no. Not even a show in like its 34th, 35th season. We're talking about the original, hardcore, urgent, trying not to get kicked off the air shows. Trying to find their legs, yes. And, uh, Mr. Heath, I'm going to play a video here that I'm pretty sure is not protected considering it's borrowing from like eight other shows. Yeah. <laughs> we do not own the rights to any of this, but if you haven't heard it, this is one that I'm going to bring up. Am I going to get nostalgic for a minute? You are. <sighs> Are you for real? Come on now. Hey, we don't want the reboot. I, I well, that's. I was really looking forward to like rocking out to that theme, and then all of a sudden, you have to pull the rug out from under me. That's what a reboot feels like, man. That that is what a reboot feels like. I could have played you the other one. You remember the episode where they were had to replace the White Ranger, and you thought, Oh that yeah, Tommy was going to be on for the last yeah. Time and, then he's like back, like what the next season or the next he was episode? Back that episode. Yeah, it was it okay? Well, they build up to it. They're like, we had to pick a new ranger. A candidate was selected, and here they are. And then that video is like, John, John Cena. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I just, I don't know if it's because we're getting older. I don't know if it's because what, but I, I, I miss shows from when we were young. I remember because they were great shows. They had. Chemistry. They had, they had legs, you know. Um, the era of the, uh, you know, I I don't know when we passed this precipice or why we had to, but the era of the sitcom, it seems, is behind us. It is. That makes me sad. We are we are going to be those folks in the home in our nineties. Going, turn on friends, this sucks. Or, Seinfeld was better than this. <laughs> and we're going to sound just like Grandpa Simpson. Matlock! Oh. You know, Mark Smoot did his children's message this morning on Andy Griffith. So really? He did. He said, I was watching an episode of Andy Griffith and everybody was like, Huh. <laughs> and Longing the... for a time when television wasn't scary. No. I mean... Everything's it... scary now. You don't know what you're going to get into. 
even some of the kid shows are like, have you seen this thing floating around about Coco Melon? If you know, I'm sure everybody knows what Coco Melon is. It's no a, idea. It's a kid show. It's an animated kid show, and they sing like they sing songs basically. But it's this little. Is it like Rumble the Hump on Futurama? In a sense, yes. Okay, I'm with you. Um, but. There's somebody looking up Rumbledy Hump right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what Put it in is, your Google machine. They have to use speech text. What is Rumbledy Hump? Um, but no, it's this show that it has this little baby and the whole family and everything. And they sing like weird songs like peas are good, peas are great, peas are what makes you lose weight or something. I don't know. But it's this little baby as a center. Well, I can tell you as someone who's a fan of peas that that's hogwash. But mm-hmm. one. But there was a big uproar on Facebook because, like I say, it's animated, it's computer, really, it looks kind of crappy, to be honest with you, but Coco Melon, the little baby, was throwing the blood gang sign. Apparently. You gotta watch doing that mm-hmm. stuff, man. You get iced, homie. That is one thing. Oh my gosh. Way off topic here, but you'll run into kids... They think it's funny that they that they'll have seen on a YouTube thing or something a gang sign, and I've had people throw it up in front of me before, and I'm like, "Did you knock that off?" Like I'll slap their hands out. I don't want to get shot. Do you have any idea how dangerous it is what you're doing? No. Listen, I'm not. Listen, gang gangland issues are a problem in this country that no one in the government seems to feel like dealing with. Sometimes those folks will keep to themselves. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes it depends on how established they really are. The difference we used to talk about in Marion, the difference between whether you are a gangster or you think you're a gangster is dangerous. Mm -hmm. Why are you testing those waters? You will get shot in your ever-loving face doing things like that. Folks, if if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, good. But there are different gangs around the country that use different signs. That's not a secret. No. The deal is, if you don't want to be bothered by them, don't use them. It's an easy way to avoid it, an issue. It is. It and is. kids at schools will do it. And I'm like, you have no idea how dangerous it is what you're doing. All it takes is one person. Oh yeah, one. And it's on one TikTok, one TikTok or one YouTube video, whatever. And neither am I condoning gangs or gang warfare, but it's uh, something that exists. And why are you poking at it? Kind of like voodoo or ghost hunting. Like, do you really want to open up that box? Not really. I mean, I've seen plenty of video, plenty of movies where the protagonist has tried to solve Pandora's box of confusion and. It I mean, never ends well. Look at what Indiana Jones did with the, with the Holy Grail. Not the Holy Grail. Well, the Holy Grail. And the Ark. How many people died because of him just, well, I want to see what this does. Don't look at it. Yeah, but, but for real, I, like, in the United Methodist Church has done a lot of work in Haiti. And I've heard some stories that make you think voodoo has its merits. And I'm going to tell you the truth. The way I see it, you start playing with voodoo, there's some real stuff going on there. I don't know what it is because I don't mess with it. But you, 
why poke at it? Like, do you really need to know? <laughs> it's just, it's one of those. It's my, my wife is, you know this, is very much into New Orleans culture. Yeah. New Orleans culture is a lot of fun. Particularly with the getting hammered and the seafood. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are some elements to that culture that you shouldn't mess with unless you're going to really apply yourself. <laughs> and right. When you go digging around in something that um, very good Christian folks I've known over the years have gone over there and been knee deep in, um, I've just and, unless you really want to know or you really want to play with it, leave it alone. Just don't just mess with it. it don't mess with it. Don't nope. poke at it. I don't blame you at all. I mean, it's just it's one of those things that. It's like anything else. It sucks you in a little bit. And you're like, well, let's read a little bit more about it. And the more and more you read, the more and more you want to try it or you want to experiment with it or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you're, you know, tied to a pole in the middle of the, you know, desert. And stuff's going on. Not that, you know, that's happened to me or anything like that. Um, I told you not to get in that van. You know, it... This happened three weeks ago. <laughs> he seemed That's why like... we had to record on a on a Wednesday one day because I told you those guys were not were not clowns, but you insisted. They seem so fun though, bud. Heading I mean... to a convention? Where are you having a clown convention at the end of May in Indiana? Well, you know. Uh... And they drove me to Arizona of all places. I mean, it was bizarre. It, it, I'll tell you what. I had never been to Arizona, and I'll say this: I'm never going back. Neither am uh, I. I've heard of my sojourn <laughs> oh, to yeah. Arizona. Um, Folks, that's why I had to stay overnight mm-hmm. in Arizona. I had to go get Matt off the pole. So that was that was a. Uh, I wish I didn't have to say that so much. I had to go get loved ones off the pole, but it happened. It, 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 it ha- I mean, you know what? It's it's part. You just got to walk in, throw cash at the bouncer, and say, "I'm taking this." <laughs> but. Um, that's real problems that's, and real solutions. That, that, that's that's what that is. Modern problems deserve modern solutions. Think you can do a better job? Yes, I do. do. Anyway, we are, <laughs> we are off the rails. That's we are. Specialty. That's, hey. Um, it's, hey well, well, we'll transition with this because uh, we got a couple specific shows I know we want to talk about here. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a little bit of inspiration with wrestling this week. That don't happen very often. Not anymore. And I didn't actually watch the shows that were necessarily involved until Wednesday when I decided to check in. And they still might be working me. And let me tell you something. If they are working me, and this was all the ruse and a certain stuff, this might be the best storyline of the 21st century. Do tell. So there's a wrestler in All Elite Wrestling, which... I have not been a huge fan whoa, of whoa, I've tried. Whoa. Hang, hang on. You're telling me this comes from AEW? Yes. What? Hang in there. I'll tell I'm, you. I'm well, buckled. I'm buckled. clips and everything else. All so, right. There's a gentleman wrestler named Maxwell J. Friedman, MJF, who comes out of the MLW camp, which was a studio wrestling deal. And um, he is a heel's heel. He lives the lifestyle if you talk to him in public, he's the same as he is on the TV show. He lives it. Really? Very different than most people in wrestling. Mm-hmm. He is a gigantic jerk. <laughs> like, he goes to meet and greets, and he'll sign papers and throw them at kids. <laughs> like, 
He'll sign it and water it up and throw it at him and stuff. Like he's no kidding. Heels heel. Wow. Like you know, Ric Flair wore the suit and the jewelry and the belt on the plane. Like some guys live it. Yeah. He's living it. Nice. Okay. So apparently, he's been in a little bit of a tiff with the owner of AEW, Mr. Tony Khan, because Tony's not paying him nearly as much as he's paying the likes of CM Punk or Brian Danielson, and. MJF is drawing money. His segments are the highest rated segments on the show. He's selling huge amounts of merchandise. So they are having this deal where his old bodyguard, think or Million Dollar Man and Virgil. Okay. So his bodyguard's kind of turned on him. And they had this big payoff angle where the bodyguard's finally going to get his revenge. Well, MJF didn't show up to a meet and greet. At their most recent pay-per-view this last weekend, he didn't show up to the show until, like, almost bell time. Hmm. And afterwards, he left. He didn't stick around for any of the post-scrums. Really? And Tony Khan wouldn't talk about it. He said, I'll talk about anything else. I'm not talking about that. So I thought, oh, my goodness. Maybe something's really (laughs) going on there. Well... MJF did a promo on Wednesday on the show and went sideways where he was cursing on live television, was talking about how worthless Tony Khan is. I mean, just went off to the point where they turned his microphone off. Real? Ooh. His merchandise is no longer for sale on AEW's websites. His, uh, Likeness has been removed from the intro to the show, and he's no longer listed on their roster. The thinking being, perhaps Tony Khan has fired him, Mm -hmm. in which case he would be going to see Mr. McMahon. I would say so. So, if this is a work, I'm telling you, it's the greatest work of the 21st century, which would be exciting. Uh, I'd agree with that, yeah, that... That might inject a little bit of pep into 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 modern wrestling. I mean, like I'm just sitting there thinking, like his music doesn't even play. He just comes out of the shadows and like attacks somebody. Real takes the microphone and just says, "You all bought it hook, line, and sinker, baby. I can't believe it." <laughs> talks about his fat new contract and all the tail. You know, he's been chasing. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm just, sure. Like, it sounds like could it. you imagine. We haven't had any good, of course, you know, either AEW or even WWF is, eh. It's, it's not, boring. It, 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 it's, it's not, boring. A, it's not as fun as it used to be. It's not. Because they're all actors now. That's exactly, yeah. And if you listen to a Jim Cornette or Jim Ross, you know, or the guys who, you know, are throwback, right? Jeff Jarrett talks a lot about it. <clears throat> guys aren't who, who their wrestling persona is anymore. Like, no, Ric Flair was the limousine. He w- yeah, he was. Flying. Lex Luger was the narcissist. Stone Cold was Stone Cold. Yeah, Rocky Maivia was the Rock. Like Hulk Hogan was Hulkamania. Roddy Piper was a complete and total jerk to everyone he ever met. That's I mean they lived it. They lived, and that's what made wrestling wrestling. Was yeah, these you believed in somebody. These guys are actors. Who, who believes? They literally. So they're. They, I mean, they've got their their profile. You know, their profile. You know, they've read their profile packet, 
and then then the ring they're living they're doing it to a T. As well, soon as they get out, they're they, well, and most of them are going by what somebody's told them to be. Like Vince will bring them in and say, "Well, tell me something about yourself. Tell me something, you know, something I'll never forget about you." And they tell them, "They're like, all right, this is your character." Yeah, like. Jim Cornette will tell you, you know, 1993, 94, 95, 96, that meeting didn't go that way. You already knew who you were. Yeah. And you told Vince how you were going to be that person, and then he would maybe kick around an idea or two. And kind say, of pitch something. Let's try this. What yeah. if we do this? Of course, the most famous one was Goldust. They already had an idea, <clears throat> but he became, Dustin became Goldust. Mm-hmm. Like, it was almost impossible to tell him from the character. Well, so, I mean, that's when it's... Well, I mean, and I was... Talk about recapturing the magic. Like, MJF kind of got me like, I could like this. Yeah. It, you, it, you, you, Unfortunately, I mean, my, my heart tells me that it's Bull and Tony Khan really is firing him. Yeah. It, Vince McMahon would get the hottest wrestler in the last 20 years, so... And he'd be... I mean, from what I... I mean, he'd be stupid not to try and pick him up. I mean... There is no ifs, ands, or buts. No. Play. I mean, it, it's... And if that's the case, that that's actually that's stuff we haven't seen probably in what fifteen twenty years. I would say going back to the early days of the game Triple H, you'd have mm. to go before you really found someone who embodied that whole yeah that character. But even H broke character from time to time. I mean, it's been you're talking going back to Stone Cold ninety six ninety seven before you find someone who really lived yeah and Mick. Mick, Mick Foley, Foley was, he would actually sleep in boiler rooms and stuff. So that kind of got me thinking nostalgically. That and Mark Smoot talking about Andy Griffith this morning for our children's moment. <laughs> that got me thinking, how cool would that be if we actually had like a legitimate like beef? And, and then you find out it was all the work and they got you. Yeah. It like, how long has it been? <laughs> we haven't had anything like that. Probably. Like I say, it... Vince McMahon revealing he was behind the corporate ministry in 1997, 98, was probably the last time I went, oh, they got me. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just... and See, that's been the problem. And that's kind of the reason why I quit watching wrestling a little bit was because it was just so... Granted, we, we've always known that wrestling was, you know... Work of some sort. Exactly. You knew it was scripted. You knew. Well, you know who's going to win. Exactly. But you you still watched it because these guys were bigger than life in and out of the ring. It when it was a it was a fun show to watch. Like as I've analyzed when I started watching it, when I stopped watching it, it was because you legitimately, whether you knew the you knew that they knew the outcome or not. You were rooting for a real-life character. I mean, you know, when you watch... Let's let's take a blast from the past here. So, Family Matters. Mm-hmm. Urkel. Oh. If you don't know Urkel. Urkel accidentally, like, cloned himself like a cool version. Urkel. And the cool version tried to get rid of him. Yeah. In one episode. Well, you're still rooting for Urkel to win, and you know he's going to. Yeah, I mean... the whole show. Yeah, exactly. But you still find yourself getting lost in it. Dwayne Johnson... And Steve Williams, it's The Rock and Steve Austin, were so good, were so funny, were so 
real. There was a chemistry. You lost yourself in the show. You wanted Stone Cold to beat Shawn Michaels. Mm -hmm. You wanted The Rock to beat Triple H. You wanted Mick Foley to beat The Undertaker. Like, you lost yourself in the show. Like, yeah, you know, it's a show, but at the same time... It doesn't mean you're, you're not... interested. Like, yeah. they screwed over my character. I can't believe this. Oh, you yeah. Know? I mean... Is what is the poor guy got to do? Well... <laughs> you lo- you lose yourself in it. That's the magic of it. That's the whole point. I mean, that's that's the whole idea of... And that's the reason why wrestling, when, we were, when, I, when you, I was a kid, you were a kid, that's the reason why you watched it. Yeah, the adults would say, like, oh, it's all fake, Matt. You know, it's, <clears throat> it's all scripted and everything. Except for my grandma. The same grandma that put the cigarette out on my uncle for talking Johnny Bench. Mm-hmm. She was a Dick the Bruiser gal. Oh, man. Dick the Bruiser was on television. You shut up. <laughs> there was no bad talking him. It was like the Ten Commandments. There's no punishment for it. Just don't do it. Yeah. I don't even want you to talk when he's on television. <laughs> I'm going to smoke my cigarette after he's done, and you're going to sit over there and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like a you 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 can hate the man you can hate the Yankees but you gotta love Mantle kind of a situation yeah a little bit uh, yeah but it's and see we sound like that to the younger generation today because they don't get it but when Stone Cold drove that ice zamboni oh. into the stadium and when uh, you know the Rock would embarrass people just to talk circles around them. Or uh, Triple H did the video where he and Stephanie got married. Mm-hmm. And you just watch this going, I cannot believe these people are getting away with stuff like this. <laughs> like, you kind, of, you kind of wanted that to be you. Like, I want to get away with stuff like that. I want to be cool like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, whereas back in the days of, you know, Dick the Bruiser and Bobby the Brain Heenan and the Iron Sheik. My grandmother just wanted to watch Bobby Heenan get strung up. And that was real with her. <laughs> Because back mean, in those days, wrestling wasn't fake. It wasn't, oh, no. There no. was no predetermined outcome. Dick's in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you want... That walk... darn Iron Sheik, he is a cheater. Tom, <laughs> God, I'm going to go through that TV. Oh. But it's just... And I mean, I guess it's the, it's the same way with all... And that's the reason why we get so nostalgic over... When we talked about when men were men. Mm-hmm. How about when grandmas were grandmas? Because my dad told me that... My, my great-grandmother could go through a pack of Marlboros inside Market Square Arena watching wrestling. No kidding. Wow. <laughs> I mean, but that... Get him! Get him! Get that little Bobby Heenan little piece of crap! String him up! Oh. She didn't even have to take a cigarette out of her mouth to scream at Bobby Heenan. Get him! Get him! Come on now! Come on now! But it, it's just, it's one of those things. I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, of course. You can't explain it to people. You, you can't, no. You want to recapture that magic. Yeah. That's the reason why we, you, you know. You just can't. There's no recapture. <clears throat> that's the reason why people lost their minds when, because um, for years the show Friends was on Netflix. The Office was on Netflix. And you could go back and watch it and relive like for me, I remember when those episodes of, the, of Friends, because my mom was a huge, huge Friends fan. We had to watch it when it came out on, you know, when the new shows came out. <clears throat> I remember sitting there at the kitchen table. We had TV in the kitchen. Don't judge. Um, and they did on Dinosaurs too. That's 
Hmm. That was a great show. But you'd be sitting there and you'd be eating supper and friends would come on and you were not, it was about the same way, you were not allowed to talk during that show's on. And I remember her violently shushing my father when Rachel Green was on TV. Hmm. Or Ross or whoever, you know. It was just one of those things like... And I, when Pete, when they announced that, and there's a good friend of ours, Emily Webster, um, now That's Emily right. Heath, no relation, by the way. Um, you know what something funny is? My sister is named Emily Heath as well, so, but. Well, why not have more Emily Heaths, mm-hmm. right? But, I remember when they announced they were Yeah, t- we could probably say good friend of the show. Good, very good friend of the show, very good friend of the show, um, and I remember they announced they were taking it off Netflix because um, it was going to a it was going to HBO or it was going to one of the, the premium streaming services, and she was losing her mind and rightly so. You're already paying at the time. I think it was like fourteen bucks for Netflix. So I mean, yeah. Bravo Netflix. Which they're sounds like they're almost on death's door. I mean, they're losing millions of dollars and. All oh, kinds yeah, of stuff. I'm sure. Just like they told us 10 or so years ago that uh, movie studios were just going to have to stop making movies because they just weren't making any money. And, you know, we weren't going to the movies to watch. And whether the movies were bad or not, those poor actors, they just need, they just, they couldn't even make movies. And now they're spending $400 million making a movie that. Well, that, you know. Nobody that... goes to see. And. Then the Marvel. They're, they're now putting out movies that have been sitting on the shelf for 10, 12 years. Yeah. That's... <laughs> and I remember they come out with a movie. It was it was four old guys. It was like Tim Allen and Bernie Mac. And Bernie Mac had been dead for like a year and a half. Yeah. And Old Dogs. Old Dogs, yeah. They were like, well, it's been sitting on the shelf for about five years. And you're like, I don't think you're in as much financial trouble as you live. I don't think so, no. When you're, I mean... And it's sorry. It's up for you to decide what's crap and what's not. That's your job. If it ain't good, I ain't going. No, I mean it. It's one of those things. I mean, I can't. It's the movie Cowboys versus Aliens. Oh my gosh! Did you actually watch? I sat through. I I I sat through it. I did. I. That's the one that usually gets the treatment of what's wrong with Hollywood. Well, let's explain this to you. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, I was actually. I was actually. I was very critical of that movie because that was back at that time when they're like, well, we just don't have any money. Like, well, quit making movies like that. And people were writing opeds about just how bad it was. And why did nobody stop this? <laughs> and then my brother actually de- defended by going, I think it was Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Well, Olivia Wilde's naked in it. I'm like, and the other 127 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things just. You want to just freeze frame that? I can watch other stuff with Olivia Wilde in it. Like, I mean, if they come out, if they legitimately have a good story and they come out with it, that's great. Disney is kind of in a weird spot right now because they've been remaking all the old classic animated movies that you and I grew up with. Aladdin, Cinderella. Um, Beauty and the Beast was the best of my life. Beauty and the Beast was really good. I liked it. Um... Of course, it had Hermione Granger in it, I believe. So. It did have Hermione Granger in it. Emma Watson, the great Emma Watson, who 
was probably one of my first crushes besides Stephanie McMahon. Well, you know, they like to talk about, well, she's she's just so mean and she never signs autographs. Folks, I've known a couple people who work in Hollywood. So let me explain this to you in a way that maybe you can understand. Um, do you like going to town and running into people you went to school with, particularly people who don't have it maybe necessarily as good as you do and just want to know every little thing you're doing and what you've been up to and who do you know and where have you... Do you like running into people like that? Or an old girlfriend or an old boyfriend who just wants to tell you all the good things going on in their lives? Is that something that warms your conkles of your heart? Could you imagine doing that every time you walk out the door? It will eat the skin off your ever-loving... It sounds great at yeah, first. Yeah, oh yeah, but after well, a while... Everyone knows who I am. Yeah, that's the part that sucks. Yeah, I mean, well... You can't go anywhere. Well, and here's what kind of... What kind of and it's this is a caffeine free diet coke no judging <laughs> um but that's the thing and i mean she's a great actress don't get me wrong tremendous um but what really it was one of those things that happened so fast for her because one of her first movie roles i'm pretty sure i think it was her her first movie role was her Playing the great Hermione Granger in a little film called Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Stone. I, I couldn't one. think of the first one. And that was a multi-billion dollar movie. The second one, a multi-billion dollar. I mean, all eight of them. All eight movies. Multi-billion dollar movies. I mean, it's kind of hard when you, when you have a giant, like, 50-foot tall billboard... Of her, uh, Rupert Grant, who played uh, Ron Weasley. Another Weasley. And, of course, the great Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter. I mean, you have... It's going to be kind of hard to play a little bit, have some anonymity. Excuse me. Yeah, so don't judge too harshly celebrities who don't necessarily just... Jump at the opportunity to sign your T-shirt or oh, absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, sit down and have supper with your wife. Just treat treat them like animals at the zoo. Yeah, it's lovely to see them. I'm super excited about it, but, but I'm don't mess with my yeah, don't mess with I'm them. I'm not gonna get in the cage. I, I, I don't. I, I have never. I've met a few celebrities in my time, and of course, I I'm a fanboy on on some of them, um, <clears throat> but. Uh, you know, you, you always want to approach it with a degree of, res, you know, like I said, respect. You know, they're just at the heart of it. Yes, they have been in some huge productions that you love. Well, it's just you get this picture that they are that person. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. Not even reality television stars are those people. No. It's I mean, been heavily produced. And I've been around... People who work in Hollywood, work for Disney. I had a roommate that worked for Disney and animatronics, and they're cool. They're decent, decent enough people, and well, some of them, not all of them, but they're just people. The secret I tell people: if you want to ever just make a quick connection with a celebrity that you're not paying for, because <laughs> you can pay to meet. Oh yeah, um, is you gotta know. Like a personal nickname, something that no one else around you knows, then sometimes you can get away with it. 
Exactly. When I was walking through LAX years ago, this has been a long time ago, uh, Mark Schlereth, who's someone you probably have never heard of, um, he's a borderline, well, he was a very high-level guard for the Denver Broncos Super Bowl championship teams. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was Hall of Fame, but he's a very, very good player. And he works for well, he worked for ESPN for years. I don't think he works for ESPN anymore, but he still does football coverage, some and, commentary and stuff. And uh, his nickname was Stink. So I'm walking through the airport and I look over this mass of a man because he's quite tall and still very strapping. I guess I think that's Mark Schlereth. So I said, Stinky. And he looked over his shoulder. He goes, Hey, man. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> So... Every now and again, it'll get away it, with one. Yeah. But, um, no, running up to someone in an airport so everyone else can run up to someone. Yeah, not that's a not a, no, I can tell you that. It, it, it's just, it's not good. And I mean, and it, it, especially it's if. It's also a good way to test your fame level. And this is a Jim Cornette special. All credit to Jim Cornette for this one. If you can't yell it out in an airport and it caused pandemonium, you're not that famous. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my goodness, that's Glenn Davis. Who? Yep. Holy cow, that's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Where? Oh, oh my gosh. gosh! Come on now. So, um, I mean, but it, it's just—it's one of those things. I mean, you, you look back, and I mean, it's you hear stories about it, you know, with these old shows that came up, and you—you you see them. You see him on like a new sh like so you oh, not this uh, Dancing with the Stars has caught a lot of flack since it came on because you ever play that game you'll be watching an old show whatever Cheers whatever and you wonder like whatever happened to that guy because you remember him you know he was a big star but whatever happened to that guy and then like literally the next season. On Dancing with the Stars. There they are. There they are. It's like, ooh, that Hollywood money did not last as long as you thought, did it? You were on TV for nine seasons. How could you not keep your money? Living the Hollywood lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, if you ever see them out and they're driving a jet boat on TikTok or something, they're going to do Dancing with the Stars. Exactly. Yeah, that's... Like, if, if I were to ever hit a big of some sorts, even if it was just a lottery or something... You you would know something was different. Yeah, but it would be modest. Oh yeah, no, it, it, it's I'm always. I'm not gonna go completely bananas, but you'll probably never see me again. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'll get a postcard I, every once in a while. Oh, you'll know where I am. Yeah, but um, be like that, a, no, it'll it'll be uh, the old Ron White quote. I'll be in Palm Springs with my new friends. Mm -hmm. I'll be. I, I got a feeling I'll be uh, getting a postcard like Andy Dufresne sends to Red in Shawshank Redemption. Nah, we'll fly out. I mean, if I win enough money to live in Palm Springs comfortably, I'll fly people in. <laughs> they got an international airport. It's 150 degrees there. I mean, it's hot in Palm Springs, baby. Is it? Oof. There was a flight leaving uh, Phoenix when I was there a couple weeks ago, flying into Palm Springs, which is like an eight-minute flight. I have no idea why. Because <laughs> um, that's out in the desert back towards Arizona. Um, it's set. Uh, it's a weather in Palm Springs. It's currently 122 degrees. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> if you've never felt 122 degrees, um, 
Imagine the hottest room you've ever been in, and there's nowhere else to go. That's what 122 degrees. You can like. you can have it, but I'm good. We went to Death Valley. It was fun. Yeah. We also had a nice air conditioned rental car that we could get back <laughs> into. Like I don't recommend hiking. No. Yeah. Death Valley or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, Death, Death Valley is fun place to visit. I was gonna say here in the next few years, I don't I don't know how much more uh, California travel Lauren's gonna do. So you you might get tagged to tag along at some point, particularly if I ever drive out there. Because mm-hmm. I have a long drive. I thought about driving out there in the fall because uh, my girl Kessa had got a big part in their next play. I'll oh, good deal. It, but. Um, I thought maybe I'd drive out and just spend a couple of days and then drive home because I'm guessing plane ticket prices are going to go up. And uh, that's a long drive. I've done it three or four times. That's yeah. a long drive. <laughs> you get to you get to coming home. I'm not kidding you. You get to the east side of Arizona and you're like, are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> New Mexico. Oh crap! It's even bigger than the last one. <laughs> I mean, you get to Texas, and you're relieved, because at least you just have to go through Amarillo. <laughs> That's how long of a drive it is. Oh, my gosh. And then you're like, oh, we're still not to Oklahoma City. We're not even going north yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just so long. Oh, man. I mean, it's it's fun going out until you get into New Mexico, and you're like, oh, this all looks the same until we get there. <laughs> I mean, you get out towards the southwest, and it's all... Pretty much, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty much all the same. Yeah, we ought to do a show like that sometime, favorite favorite stops on Route 66. Well, considering I've never done Route 66, so... Well, that, that settles it, we're just going to have to do it. I, I guess so, it'll be, be a... Now, it's, it's a, it, we would have to do it over a series of days, because I can't do that straight through anymore to kill me, but... Well... Yeah, blood clots and all that. I don't blame you at all on that. Well, I already got one, and that was as close as I came, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, turned out driving there and driving back in a matter of seven or eight days was not indulgent. That's not a smart idea by the sound of it, but... Take the Jim Tatum approach. The guy goes to church here. When they go down south, he drives for about four or five hours, finds a campground, and parks. Hmm? And that's, that's as far as he's going that day. Not a, not a bad <laughs> idea, really. When they go south to, to uh, winter, that's that's how they handle it. He makes sure he goes through Biloxi. They send him letters if they don't, because he likes to go in there and gamble. <laughs> so, <laughs> they all right? Me, he said they send him letters to make sure he's coming back. So, <laughs> well, so yeah, they got to pay well, the light bill. The light bill off yeah. There, he? he said mm. I paid the light bill and catered the event. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you know, if we're going to turn the corner, yeah, let's, let's turn it. Let's turn it here. So, yeah. um, you recall, and you might be a little young for this, the original, original. Power Rangers television show. The original Power Rangers came on in 90... Was it 92? I, I was little. Yeah, I think it was like 92, 93. So I was not... I don't remember it, but I remember Disney... for Because for a time, Dad sprung and got satellite TV when we were little kids. And Disney would show on... Oh, back in the day, that was, that was... My dad did cable. That's where I found Power Rangers. Well... <clears throat> We uh, we were able to watch the reruns of um, the original Power Rangers, so I grew up watching them. But I didn't get to I didn't get to watch them when they were like fresh and new. My original crush, as 
far as discovering girls was the pink Power Rangers. No, I'm sure. That. I'm sure. And that original cast just had a feel to it. Kind of like Full House and Fuller House. The cast is just perfect. Yeah, it like, works. The, you know the show is just garbage, but you can't see through it. No. And I, I go back and watch those today, and I'm like, was I smoking kitty weed or something? What was I watching? <laughs> it's because it's so stupid. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Putties uh. and Rita, and then they had, I think, Lord Zed. Lord that Zed. Might, I might be bleeding into Buzz Lightyear. I'm not no, sure. No, that, you're thinking <laughs> of Zerg. Zerg, uh, yeah. Zerg, yeah. Zerg. Um, but um, that, it was just kind of a magical cast. All the, the all the folks got along real well. Of course, they uh, added the green and the white ranger, Tommy, who was the apple of Kimberly's eye, which made me insanely jealous. I didn't know why at the time, but it did. It uh, you know, it... And I remember it ran for about two, three years, two, three seasons. It may have not even been years. And... They announced that they were replacing the original cast. Yeah, we come out with a whole new season, and a whole I new series. One episode, and I've never sat through a full episode of Power Rangers. Ever. Really, not one episode. So, by the way, under underrated, I read it was kind of hot. Mm. You know, looking back on yeah, it, looking back, yeah, 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 but looking no, back, it's kind of like your favorite wrestler wrestling at like fifty five, like Ric Flair wrestling at fifty five. You know it ain't good, but you can't see through it. No, it's like, okay, yeah. It's like that's... Ric Flair's on the TV. Yeah. Power Rangers are on the TV. And they've never recaptured that match. No, I've never, it... I see it, I'm like, it got so cartoony. It was like, well, it's they'll watch it because it's the Power Rangers. Yeah, it, it's and I've watched it. There's a documentary series that I've watched, and I've mentioned it to you. They talk about, um, the one that I've told you about was about professional wrestling. And how they, it's about toys, which, you know me, I'm a toy weirdo. But there is an episode about Power Rangers that you would probably love. I owned every Power Ranger toy. I think I've still got some of them. They're not in packages. I played it. Them. It does not yeah. matter. They are, they're worth, they're worth quite a bit. Um, but, um, do you know how that show was actually, how that show came about? So, you know, so here's what, there was a guy by the name of Saban. Um, he was in Japan watching TV, and this show come on, and I think it's called a, uh, I can't remember what, I can't remember what the, Henshin is what it's called, Henshin uh, Warriors, which means they morph, they change. They're normal people, but they morph into these ultimate fighting people, uh, warriors. And it was so... Like colorful and it was so neat and everything. He thought he could take that footage from Japan and marry it with an American cast. So they 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 actually it was tied in with Marvel um, for for a short short bit, and they create a pilot where it was they filmed like the American teenagers playing basketball and all this. They get the call, then they morph into the Power Rangers, and um, then you see, when you see them fight like um, you know Lord Zed or you know the Zed and everything, that's all from Henshin from Japan. Not I didn't realize that until like a year ago when I watched that show. I I just thought they filmed it all here. It's the reason why like all the action and everything is like very sharp and very 
Because it's from Japan. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I always, I always got a kick. Um, I'd be watching a particularly serious episode when mm-hmm. they were getting it handed to them. And then all of a sudden, the, the Green Ranger's dinosaur would morph in with like all the other vehicles of the other Rangers. Mm-hmm. Creating like the like super bot, and he'd swing that sword and kill whatever. And my mother would come in the room and go, "Why didn't they just do that to start with?" <laughs> because, you got, mom, you got that gun in the holster, just use it. <laughs> I, it's it, like, mom, they had to build suspense. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat here, so like, ah, you knew they were gonna win. Yeah, well, and that, and in a hilarious set of footage, which I believe is still accessible via YouTube, off air. I'm going to show you, when I was in school at Indiana Wesleyan, under the guidance of Dr. Kenneth Skank, who was a professor of mine, they did a live stage deal. It was called Friday Night Live. They did an episode of Power Rangers all around the campus. They filmed it, and then they had like the climactic scene on stage. Really? Wow. Pretty good. Dr. Skank as Lord Zed, utterly brilliant. <laughs> It's a good. I mean, it's a great show. It it's very, it is very ninety show, but oh yeah, it wouldn't work today. No, no, no. It's a very ninety show, but you know, why can't they bring it? I mean, why can't they? Well, because some of that cast is dead. Well, they, that's <laughs> I mean, right. One of them, yeah, they some of them have died, hadn't they? It's hard um, to bring back the show where people are dead. Well, I know that, but. Get a hologram going. Seems to work for Tupac. He goes on tour. No, well, he's still making. I mean, he's still making. Well, some people say he's still alive, but he's getting old now. He, he'd be well, nice shoot, fifties. Yeah. Well, how old Ice Cube would be? I think Ice Cube's like fifty-six or something. So I mean, um, well, I mean, you think California Love was twenty-seven years ago? So mm-hmm. it's getting up there. That makes me feel a little bit old. It hurts, man. It does. It, it does. But yeah, bringing back uh, the Mighty Morphin Power—it's just something you can never recapture. You had to be there, mm-hmm. and um, I was there for it. I remember them advertising it. I remember watching the first episode, being hooked. I remember our friends playing Power Rangers, getting all the toys on Christmas morning. I mean, I got everything. Oh yeah, because they're I cool got the toys. Ones that could morph into the like big, the big mechanical guy. Yeah, the dragon. I had all of them. Those were. I think most of them, my dad had probably sold or I broke. But yeah, we had we had them all. If I'd have kept any of those in the original package, but you'd be sitting I on to play with them. Oh yeah, you'd be sitting on a gold mine. And that's the thing, kids back then. I even had the ones that were like Stretch Armstrong style. Ooh, like that's how deep my parents went that year. Like he was Power Rangers crap. They must have been on sale. They, they, I mean, they got everything. Did you have the bedspread? Didn't have the bedspread. You didn't have the bedspread. That's what that's where everybody gets in the collector's world. Um, either the bedspread or the sleeping bags. Those are the two that people really, really want because well, think about it. You're a kid. You're gonna spill something on it. You're gonna vomit on it. You're gonna you know whatever. After a few washes with that material, it's gonna fade. So I mean, you know, once you grew out of it. What's mom going to do? Put it up in the closet and think, well, you know, for a rainy day? No. Yep. You're going to pitch it. I mean, pitch it or sell it in our own. So. Mm-hmm. But speaking of 90s Disney, well, I wasn't Disney, that was Fox. Um, 
But speaking of 90s, do you remember the show Rescue Rangers? Oh, yes. Chip and Dale, right? Oh, yeah. I had the Chip and Dale dolls. Ooh. You're tugging on my heartstrings a little. It, 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 that was... And the only reason I, I mentioned... I just well, pulled. and... <laughs> stroll. Yeah. Well, and as we move into uh, this discussion, uh, in, in honor, because out of respect, every time it comes up, we must remember the late, great John Panette. Gone way too soon. Mm-hmm. Sitting in Disney at the buffet... Holding the characters hostage as he enjoys yet another omelet. <laughs> Either Chip or Dale gave me the finger. I don't know which one. <laughs> I mean, it's... May he rest in peace. Oh, man. He's gone way too early. Way too early. But it, it, that was a show... I don't know what it was. Now, I go back and I watch it because there it is on um, YouTube. And, I mean, I watch it and, I mean, I know it's garbage. I mean, it, it, it's it, the plot. I mean, but I watched the. I remember being enthralled on that show. It was a good show. It was a really good show. You had, you had Chip, you had Dale, you had Gadget, the female mouse. Who, I mean, I've heard, I've talked with people who remember watching the show, and having an unhealthy attraction to Gadget, even though she was a mouse. <laughs> um, you had uh, Monterey Jack. Um, and I can't, who was, Monterey Jack, oh, Monterey Jack was the, there was one, there was an episode they like, they basically, they get captured by pirates, and, um, they're on this garbage barge, and he hops in a little hammock thing, and he says, this reminds me of the time I got shanghai in Shanghai on a junk full of junk. I think it happened twice. I mean, they don't have crap like that anymore. That's classic writing. And the new mo- there's a movie that just came out um, a couple weeks ago on Disney Plus, um, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. I thought it was going to be like a like a, what we were fear of a reboot. No, it's like apparently, like it's kind of like after the show's over and um, you know it's Chip and Dale later on in life. You know Chip is still. Uh, well, is it Chip? Mm-mm. Dale is still trying to hold on to like the fame he had, and Chip has like moved on, and you know he's got like a dead end job and all this. But I mean, well, times were hard after. I mean, well, I mean, it's just he just wanted to forget it. He just wanted to move on. You don't have a show like that anymore. I mean, I remember watching TV and having that. Um, having that show on, and I mean, even my my sister would watch it, but she wasn't nearly the big fan like I was. And I mean, I'm a I'm a vehicle guy. Like when I watch a show, I immediately want a toy of the vehicle. The little airplane they had made out of like a bleach bottle or a bleach bottle and an air, you know a balloon and all this. I wanted that so bad to play with. They had a car that was made out of a skateboard and an electric fan, and that was steered with a um, look like a wind-up mouse key kind of a deal. Um, you still have a show like that anymore? It was such a good show, and you know, could they bring it back? Well, they did in a sense. They rebooted it basically, but it 
but but my big thing was with the movie, it didn't have that characteristic really high pitched voice for Chip and Dale. You know, it was um, it had John Mulaney and Andy Samberg, two great actors. I love John Mulaney's stand up. Um, seem like appropriate voices. Mm-hmm. Well, that's well, yeah, one of those, if they're not getting that high pitch. Then. Well, it's one of those things. Once the sticker shock's kind of over it. Like you get like fifteen twenty minutes into the video into the movie and you're like okay yeah I'm all right with this I'm okay with this Monterey Jack is still Monterey Jack Gadget there's a scene I'm not gonna spoil it but there's a scene where it shows Gadget and it's actually kind of cool you get really excited Um, but uh, yeah it 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 was I love that show it was such a good show could they bring it back now. And they probably could, but it wouldn't be as good. It, it's it, again, it's that lightning in a bottle I'm kind of situation. Home. Yeah, I mean, you had to be, and for our younger view, younger listeners, it's one of those things. I know you can't understand it, but you had to be there at that time in the nineties, and even the two thousands. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until rather more recently than we would like to admit that. You could just watch whatever you wanted all the time. That's still relatively new. Yeah. I mean, it was very much, uh, you know, and that's that's the thing. Everybody's complaining, well, there's nothing good on TV now. You, well, there is, but you kind of have to sift through it and find something you want. I mean, I reality, here's, reality TV has ruined television in my book. There's a lot of things. There, hell, yeah. But my wife likes watching Survivor, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. There was a day. I didn't mind. I guess Survivor, like the first or second season, wasn't too bad. But good lord, they're like in their 30th or 40th season now. I'm sorry. How many different deserted islands are there in the world? A lot. There's a lot, but I mean... Well, as Daniel Tosh would say, they go to a place where people already live. <laughs> Hi, I've been here for 40 years. Can I have some bread? No, no. this is a TV show. <laughs> we don't have our cell phones. This is hard. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Uh, you just don't have good stuff like that anymore. Um, another... Uh, not to go on a tirade. I'll, I'll do this and then I'll bounce back to you, but I mean... Another good show, it's not, it wasn't a kid's show, but it was a show I remember watching, and it was like my first taste of what, you know, what was coming, what you could enjoy as an older person. There's a little show by, he's probably my favorite comedian out of all, of all the time, Christopher Titus. He had a show on Fox, and it was called just Titus. It was, a, it was a great show. Apparently a favorite of Bruce Springsteen's, if you listen to Titus's material. Mm-hmm. Um, and, which actually, I, I was mowing this week at the school, which, I don't know why I signed up to do that, but I did. They're paying it's me good money. Problem. Mm-hmm. That's uh, why we drove by there with, the, with Madison the other day, and Lauren goes, well, this is Matt's problem now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Um, but I mean... Every day that I've been on the mower, I've been listening to Christopher Titus. I mean, he's just a, I'm just a fan of his. Um, which I was looking, he's actually coming to Columbus, Ohio. Um, 
this summer. Pretty so. close. Yeah. Well, and that's another reason we'll have to get you out to California sometime. He does a lot out there. Well, there's a ton of places to do it. Mm-hmm. Like the beach cities, the improvs. I mean, it's, there's a lot of um, comedy clubs and the private comedy clubs, little comedy clubs that they frequent to practice yeah. for their specials. Yeah. That's where we saw Titus. Uh, my dad and Keith and I saw him at La Brea Comedy Club. Which is a lovely place. It's in this little kind of hole-in-the-wall town, and um, it's kind of not very California-esque. It's right by a highway, but you can kind of get away from it a little really? bit. Really? Well. Uh, yeah, it was super funny. He, he, um, he made some joke, and like only like three people laughed, and my dad was one of them. And he saw the veteran hat, because my dad is an official Vietnam veteran hat, because he is an official Vietnam veteran. And... Uh, Titus looked down and he goes, oh, this guy gets it. Look at this grizzled man right here. This, Sir, you remember when it was like that, don't you? And Dad goes, oh, yeah. And he goes, God bless you, sir. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's, I mean, he's just, I don't know. I, I just, I listen to him and he makes me, He, I mean, I don't know. I, I just have always liked him. And when he had this show, it was one of those things that, I just, I don't know why, I just got drawn into it. I mean, it was about a guy who was working, you know, he had a custom hot rod shop, he had a dysfunctional family from all get out, and the only, he was just trying to live his life and have, you know, try to build a family with his, his girlfriend. Um, and you fast, I mean, you watch this and it's like, this is a good show. and it And it shows a moment in... History in the early two thousands that we just we just ain't gonna have back. I'm sorry, it's just part of it. Could you bring back that show now? Eh, yeah, you really you kind of could. I mean, well, bring them back Futurama for the first yeah, time. Yeah, that's true. Same cast. Uh, yeah, which Thank God because I thought they were gonna try to do it without John DiMaggio and that show. Oh no! I mean, I remember when they announced. They said everybody. There was an article popped up that said, Everybody is coming back for the Futurama reboot. And one who's not. And I'm like, Come on. Don't do this to me. Don't do And I pulled up and it's John DiMaggio. And I'm like, Come on. Really? How do you do this show without John DiMaggio? You can't. Because he's Bender and he's the, uh, he's several of the more effeminate characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my favorite lines not attached to a main character. Our poodle has two Two daddies. daddies. (laughs) (laughs) Even ghost and horse. (laughs) That was that was in the that was in the that was when they rebooted it, wasn't it? No, that was one of the last ones they did before they went off. Okay. Proposition Infinity. That's yep, yeah. Think Uh, about the things that are scary that could happen because we couldn't think of any. (laughs) I mean, it's just. It, it was. It's one of those. And I mean, at that, you know, at the time, Titus was on. Futurama was on. There's just a, a snapshot right there, where things were just. We were rolling. Yeah, gas was expensive. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, it was like two seventy five. I remember when Dad was complaining, because gas got up to two seventy five a gallon. You know, I. We pray for that nowadays. I've seen this movie before. Frankly, it was Republicans who were in charge last time, but I've seen this movie before. Gas is going to go up $5 a gallon. We'll hit it. 
Um, the housing market will crash. I hope he didn't buy a house that's worth 125000 and pay 350 for it because you're going to go for a world of hurt. Oh, yeah. yeah. That house will be for sale within three months. Yeah. Because it's going to happen. The market's just going to fall out from under us and... I, Republicans will sweep in in November, and this this experiment will be largely over. Yeah, it, it ain't gonna get nothing done. No, it, it, it's one of those things. I mean, we don't we don't like to get political on it. Well, you know, we can't on. I think on this. On this, right? I, I you know how I feel about it in the pulpit. On this show, you you come to me and you ask me what how I how I view the whole situation right now with gas prices, the marking house, the marking. Or the housing market and all this, and I'm like, it's crap. I agree with you. It's crap. Am I getting mad about it? Eh, yeah, kind of. I mean, it affects your bottom dollar. You got to pay to get your equipment in the field. Mm-hmm. You got to pay to pick it. You got to sell it. You got to hope the market's favorable. Exactly. I mean, I. I mean, the the market that you're putting that seed in the ground on right now is not going to be the same market this fall. And I mean, the the hope. It, so that's the thing. That's the thing with farming. The hope has always been the market stays where you're at when you're planting. And you in the summer, it'll go up quite a bit because nobody's growing anything. Nobody's picking anything. They might be picking in South America. I don't know. I think so. Um, but they're having droughts. They ain't got no rain. They ain't. I mean, they were, they're supposed to be showing corn in November. Like January, February, like when we're sitting on our fat butts. Well, it's winter. It's uh, winter down there. Mm-hmm. It's about to be winter down there. So, and I think I read somewhere where their their output was like sixty five percent of what it was last year, seventy percent of last year, which that's hard. Doesn't sound like. I mean, it's not, oh yeah, you're over fifty percent. Yeah, consider thirty percent of what you had ain't there. Now. No, exactly. That's, that's a just lot. yeah. I mean, you're so. You gotta flip it and look at the other angle. I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's gonna drive, and it's <laughs> not to use a Reagan term. You know how I am with Reagan, uh, but it's kind of tri- it is in a sense trickle down economics because all right, you don't have the grain down in South America to compensate for what we don't have here. All right. So that means they're going to keep the price up here in the States, which is awesome when we're selling it. Here's the problem. The people who are buying it are the ones who are feeding the livestock. That goes to make your hamburgers, your pork chops, your chickens, your whatever. So that means that they're going to have to be paying more, which means that their input costs have increased, which means that your food in the grocery store could potentially increase. I don't know if that's to be the case or not. It's kind of the way... In a grand scheme of it, that's kind of the way it can work, but yeah, but that's it, it. I don't know. It, it's, it's intense. It's intense right now because you you can feel it. Mm-hmm. We're not quite there, but you can feel it. I've had people I've, ask. I've seen this movie before. Two thousand eight. Everything went to crap. I remember. I was in high school when it happened, and I remember we had a an, I had an economics teacher. Um, explain it like what happened and you know then a little movie come out called The Big Short which I still love watching I know it's about the worst possible moment in the world's history financially but it's still a great movie you got Steve Carell you've got uh, Brad Pitt in it you've got all these great guys and 
you know, it they actually like take time in it throughout the show to stop and explain it to you. You know, what exactly happened, why it happened, whatever. And you look back and oh, well let's not ever do that again. And I'm kinda I'm with you. I'm starting to see some hallmarks. I uh Well, when you have a house that you bought with discretionary income for three times what it's worth, then all of a sudden you don't have any discretionary income. The markets are bleeding because they've given out all these loans and all this money and now they need it back. Mm-hmm. And so they call on your loan and you don't have the three times what you paid anymore. They don't take your house away. Yeah, exactly. That's how, that's that's how, how it works. It. I mean, I, I just, I mean, I, and I've had people, I've had friends of mine who are my age, maybe even younger, who are saying, oh yeah, we just bought a house. Oh really, that's great. Yeah, we paid like $240,000 for it. And I and it dawns on I know the house we're talking about and I look and I remember when that house sold the last time five seven years ago maybe ten at the most hundred ten thousand yeah they're paying a hundred grand over what they were and it it's one of those things people say well it's the Democrats problem it's the Republicans problem no it is a greed problem in my sense. Are, is one side or both sides behind it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but. Sorry, folks. I had to take a drink for a minute. Sitting on that soup box. I, I'll tell you what. it's It gets a little dusty up here. I'm going to step down off of it. Get yeah. back to the. Speaking of uh, better times, Laura and I started binge watching a show this week. Um, we really liked. Probably. Ten years ago to about five years ago, it was on for a while, called Face Off. Now, not the movie Face Off, not the uh, Tom Hanks, Nick Cage joint. John Travolta. Whatever. It was Tom Hanks up here. John Travolta and Nick Cage. I remember Nick Cage. Casker Troy was his name in the film. Mm -hmm. Where did they ever come up with that name? It's like John Smith and Casker Troy. It's a classic film. Classic. It's good. It's good. But uh, there's a show about movie makeups called Face Off. And um, that they'll never be able to bottle it up again. And I don't know why they canceled it. It was incredibly popular. Uh, basically, they would get 15, 16 people um, who knew a little bit about movie magic and they put them with experts. Mm-hmm. And they would run them through how to make movie magic, and they'd have a competition who could make the best set makeups and designs. And um, we just had a blast watching that show. And a lot of it was the characters on the show, but also it was just to see what really happens behind the scenes. Oh, sure, yeah. To make these things happen and how, you know, a camera can make all the difference in the world or... This splatter of paint can make the whole thing camera worthy. Yeah, and it turns on dime. Yeah, how incredibly unscary something can be behind the scenes, but then you watch it on film and you're like, "That's deeply disturbing." Yeah, like, exactly. And, <laughs> um, we're binge watching it right now. I Sci-Fi said it was a waning audience, and that's why they canceled it. But honest to goodness, I I thought it was a very popular show. Yeah. 
Um, there's a fella from Newcastle actually won one of the seasons. Hmm. Um, his real name is on tele on uh, the internet. Pardon me, not television. If you want to go find it, but he went by the name Sig Neutron. Hmm. And he wore these great hats. Well, I, I hope Lauren turned it off. I'll have to show you an episode because he. We're watching the season. He wins. Yeah. Um, he has a hat that has a brain slug on it. Really? Nice. And he he was. They was teams. They started off with teams. And he partnered with this guy named George, and you just, I remember watching that season, as we've been watching it again, I'm like, I would pay a large amount of money just to sit at a table and sip Chardonnay and eat fine cheeses with these guys. They were so funny. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was just a blast. And yeah, it's like, when you get a show that's just perfect, and then they take it away from you, you're like... I want to murder everyone there. Like, why, yeah, why I mean, did you do this? Well, I, there was one for me. Now, I'm going way back when I was young, young, young. There was a show. Well, it's not really, I mean, it's a show. But I I still like watching them, believe it or not. I know it's childish, but I don't care. Thomas the Tank Engine. You remember this. Oh, is it the good one with Carlin? The Carlin episodes. He did like three seasons, if I remember. Four seasons. And then they change him. So, here's it. So, for those of you who don't know, so there was a lot of elements with this show that were awesome. First off, Thomas the Tank Engine was like the VHS tapes that you got. It wasn't like, it was just the the train stories. On PBS, they had a whole show called Shining Time Station, where you had, uh, you know, you had Stacy, believe it or not, the character's name on there was Stacy Jones. She was the, uh, she was a station master. Um, and you had George Carlin, the great comedian, the man who said the seven words you cannot say on television, um... Problems you have when you're driving. Well, yeah, I mean, just anything. And he's in a kid's movie. He's in a kid's show. I mean, and he still had, he had his ponytail. He had the whole bit. I mean. His favorite kind of car crash was when a manure truck ran into the Pokemon factory. (laughs) (laughs) But, I, you know, you, you just watch. And, I mean, he voiced, he was Mr. Conductor. And then in the show, the whole premise of it was, he was the voice for all of the characters in the show. Because the premise was, when it was written by Reverend Audrey in in England during the war, um, he would read it to his son, and um, he he did the voices. And um, the the creator of the show, Brett Allcroft, um, who I've had a chance to kind of um, find and connect with and everything on Facebook is a very super sweet lady. Very sweet. Very dedicated to Thomas the Tank Engine. Um, she, uh... <coughs> she wanted to... You're fine. Um, <coughs> the idea of the stories were, they weren't like, they were had like morals, themes, and things like that. But they weren't shoved down the kid's throat. 
it was like kind of a casual suggestion, like, hey, if you do this, this is going to happen. <coughs> Jerks never win, kind of that stuff, you know. Um, but there was just so many elements with that show that, you know, today, they still have Thomas the Tank Engine on TV. <coughs> it's animated. Yeah, it's rough. It's And it's not even like, so here's, there's been two versions of animation. There's the anime, like the CGI, computer animated, weird Thomas, where, you know, it was just odd. And now there's a new one called Go Thomas Go, where, uh, if you can't tell I'm a big Thomas the Tank Engine fan, because I know all this crap. <laughs> Do they tell me you're vamos? Uh, no, well, so here's, it's, come on now. But, what the door they explore in there? Well, vamos! Vamos! Say backpack. Say backpack. No, no I door. Got a little story that to, to wind us down here, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I just door going back to door. So I'll I'm, save it. No, you're good. It's one of those things. Be the thing that made the original show so awesome was the fact they used real train models. It was so cool to see a steam and to see an engine. Steaming, and you know, uh, you could see the wheels moving. You saw the pistons moving back and forth. You saw steam pluming out of the funnel. You don't have that with this animated crap. Thomas doesn't even look like Thomas anymore. It's like some weird. Well, here's the problem Mattel has bought Thomas. So they had to create a show that would sell. Toys. Um, so I just, but that's a, I mean, Lorraine and I, like, we'll lay in bed before she gets ready to go to bed, before she goes to bed. We'll sit there and all the original Thomas episodes, the original ones with George Carlin, are on YouTube. We'll sit there and we'll watch three or four episodes of Thomas and she loves it. She is fascinated with it. She knows her stuff. Why can't we bring, and I'm sure she's not the only kid. Why can't we bring that back? Why can we not not reboot it? I have to get you in front of a TV executive. I mean, I why why would that not work? I'm sure it would. It's you got to get the right person to listen to you. And... Well, and here's the other problem. The the aspect that for me that made me love watching it was the fact that it was George Carlin who did it. Of course, George Carlin now has passed on. May he rest in peace. The great philosopher. Um, just an awesome guy. But, you know Ringo Starr was the original Mr. Conductor? I did not know that. That's yes. Amazing. He, and the first, like, so it launched, it's a British, British based. So if you see elements in it that are kind of odd, like they talk about having tea and biscuits and all this. Mm. It's a British show. That's the reason why. Tea and cookies. Uh, tea and, yeah. Um, but, you have all this, you know, yeah, bring it. people don't really remember Ringo Starr. He only did one season. And then they realized that Ringo Starr was kind of weird to, you know, Thomas and his friends were, you know, it's just weird. Um, apparently his Beatle money ran out. That's um, not true. I, just, <laughs> I don't it's know. funny, but it ain't true. Well, you know. He's in the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for his own band. He, I, yeah, he is, isn't we, he? We went there when he was the year he was inducted, and they had the whole deal. Nice. But the Ringo, Ringo Star, Ringo Star Band, whatever it was. And Him and Paul are about the only ones left, aren't they? It. Yeah. 
Half of them are left. So yeah. Kind of around four. Yeah. Oh yeah. I keep waiting to you know keep waking up thinking that they're gonna announce that Paul McCartney's dead or um, you know whoever Ringo's gone, but I I don't know that. Also, great Simpsons cameos. Oh yeah. Paul and Paul Ringo. and yeah and Ringo, but uh, Lisa still drank milk and she's like, "You must think I'm a monster." And Paul's like, "Well, of course." <laughs> But uh, another one of those shows that you just can't recapture the original magic. But the, I gotta share this. With yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, I know you'll love this. Yeah. Of course, uh, I know that you are a fond of uh, my dear, dear Lindy Joy. Absolutely awesome lady. Uh, she texted me recently and said she was going on a date, mostly um, to just to, to be friends with someone. I think there's free food involved. Of she said the guy's name was Diego, and I said, $10 Apple Pay if you get him to look at a map. <laughs> she sent me a picture of him looking up where a store was in the mall on his phone, and I lost him. Uh, <laughs> so, Are you for real? Dead serious. Oh, that is she awesome. Sent me a picture. She said, pay up, big boy. <laughs> That is awesome. I oh, that. Well, in the interest of uh, snow cones and supper. Yes. Well, uh, we're gonna wind this down. We're gonna wind her down. Um, we do want to thank you for joining us and taking Absolutely. a walk down nostalgic road yet yeah. again. Um, we're working on some other episodes coming up, some new things to talk about. But for now, um. We bid you adieu. We are praying for you. We hope you're praying for us. Absolutely. And um, I start college this week, so. Oh, do you start college? This yes. Week? Woohoo! Yeah, we got updates on that too, but we'll we'll go to that off the air. Mm-hmm. Um, we do appreciate you listening. Uh, good night, Lindy and Kessid. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention. If I'm going to bring up Lindy, I've got to bring up Kessid. Mm-hmm. Kessid was cast uh, as Meg. In the upcoming Upland Theater production of Little Women. Really? That's she's the part that she wanted. She's so. she's pulling some serious weight now. Well, she was uh, Jane in um, Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. And now she's going to be Meg in Little Women. Nice. Which, of course, nostalgically for TV, you might remember this episode. The episode when Homer does his um, charity work. Mo read to the homeless guys down at the shelter... And he read Little Women and they were no longer little girls. Little women. <laughs> so congrats. I told I told you before, I'm I'm around alpha chicks. So oh absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Love them girls. So good night, Lindy and Kessid. Good morning, Vladivostok. Where the time I don't give a crap. Good night everybody. Good night everybody. Thanks for listening.